What a joy for us to be together, and uh, though we may not be together physically, God is alive and well, and he brings us together spiritually. We're praying that these will be days of breakthrough. These will be days of revival. Everything seems to be shaken in this world. This is a day for us to reach out to our friends, and I encourage you to start a watch party if you're watching online, to call a friend and say, go to churchofhope.com and click on our live experience right here. We are reaching out literally all over the world. I've seen people tuning in from Brazil and from India and from Africa and our Canadian friends. We are reaching out with the love of God and with the good news of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is about the gospel, and that is good news. So just invite people, maybe people that would never come into a church physically, but they would tune in to a live experience like this. And we don't want them to experience the church of hope. We'd like them to experience the power and the presence of Jesus because he's alive and well. So please let people know about this. The other thing I want to do is just, just applaud uh, across the nation all of our healthcare workers, everyone that's on the front line of fighting and caring for us. And we are praying a special blessing, doctors, nurses. We're praying that the supplies that are desperately needed would come in and, and uh, just be used to help people. We're praying for creative solutions, but we just salute and applaud all of our healthcare workers. Literally, it was said today that all of us are first responders, but those who are in healthcare, they're a step ahead of us and they deserve our prayers and we are praying for you. We love you and we are praying for you. Also, uh, here in our church, we have a lot of volunteers that make hope happen and uh, we love you to be involved in this online ministry. Uh, if you're interested in hosting a live event. We have people right now that are interacting with people around the world, and uh, it doesn't take a lot of skill. You gotta be able to read people's comments and talk back to them, say a prayer for them. If you've got a prayer need, you can post a prayer need while we're live, and we'll be praying for you. But if you could host one of these live experiences, one of these live services, you can do it from your home even. You don't have to leave. And you're interested in volunteering, maybe you're used to greeting people at the doors. Well, you can greet people online. And all you have to do is just make yourself available. Email Mark, that's Pastor Mark, but email Mark at churchofhope.com and just say, I'm interested in serving in an online way to help people that are a part of what Hope is doing right now. I want to continue to make hope happen. So we just pray this prayer together, don't we? We just ask, Lord, as we open your word and as we come together. We do say a prayer for every healthcare worker, doctors, nurses. We have heard some reports, God, and we're praying for health and healing in our doctors and our nurses. We pray for protection, spiritual protection. And we pray over every home, every heart that's watching and every heart that's being prayed for. We pray with you in agreement for your home, for your household. We ask that God will overshadow your house with a hedge of protection. We bless you. We bless you in the strong name of Jesus and in Jesus' name. You are very blessed. And wherever you're watching from right now, just say amen. We want you to participate. We just don't want you to watch. We want you to be a part of this ministry as the Lord reaches this way into all of our hearts. 
And we pray that as we're with the Word, and of course we're with the Spirit of God, literally miracles can happen today. A miracle could take place in your home, in your hotel room, wherever you're watching from right now, tuned in on a phone or on a television or on a computer. It's not about a phone, a computer, or uh, any kind of electronic device. It's about God's love reaching out to you. And we pray right now that the Spirit of Almighty God, the presence of God, will fill your heart. We've been in a series here at Hope. Through the book of James, we've been listening to the Lord. As the Holy Spirit inspired this writer thousands of years ago, it's so fascinating how his ancient wisdom, and James is a powerful book of practical wisdom, how his ancient wisdom applies to our lives today. James wrote in a time of crisis. His whole culture was falling apart. The calendar we have starts with Jesus. So Jesus lived in about 33 AD or 33 on the calendar. Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead. And it was in that time that James became a follower of Christ. He didn't follow Christ, even though he was raised in the home of Mary and Joseph, right along with Jesus. He didn't follow Jesus until the resurrection. Once he encountered the resurrection, and everyone should consider this, Jesus rose from the dead. If that's true, he deserves your heart, your attention. James encountered that. It changed his world. It'll change your world. And he became a passionate follower of Jesus. He became the pastor in the city of Jerusalem. People tell us that he gave his life as a martyr. Some say in uh, 62 AD, some in 69, but in the 60s anyway. And we know that in 70 AD, his whole city was destroyed by the Romans. So he ministered in a time where there was rebellion, where there was a crackdown, where the Romans were coming in, and eventually he was ministering to a culture and a society that completely fell apart. No worship, no authorities. The city of Jerusalem was taken, and he's ministering in those days. And friends, today... We're in crisis days. Uh, malls that were open last week, they're closed. Stores, public gathering places, gatherings have gone from the hundreds to the fifties to just a handful of people. And we're trying in this time to bring you not just physical good health, and you should wash your hands, but spiritual good health. We want you to be strong in your spirit in the way you think, in the emotions of your soul. We want God to minister to you. So in this crisis time, James was writing, and he gives people, as we come to the last chapter, we've been studying from chapter 1, and you can go back online, you can look up the various messages if you want to study this incredible book. We're in the last chapter in our study, and in the last chapter, he says, in this crisis time, there's a powerful thing that needs to take place. And uh, there's a, there's a crisis going on right now. But I will tell you this. We're going to get through this. We have been through crisis in the past. And there's going to be crisis that we go through. And I was, I'll just look back at some of the crisis. In, in uh, uh, 2002, there was a, a SARS epidemic. 
and the SARS epidemic created quite a, a stir. And actually, the World Health Organization started naming emergencies that affected the international scene. And so in 2002, it was SARS. In 2009, the swine flu epidemic. In 2014, a polio declaration of emergency. In 2014, Ebola. Remember Ebola? In 2016, Zika. In 2018, again, Ebola again. And now 2019, 2020, COVID-19 or the coronavirus. And now it's been declared a pandemic. Uh, it's not the first pandemic that we have faced and the first one we've been through. Uh, way back in 1918, there was something called the Spanish flu. Many facilities and worship places had to close their doors at that time, and they didn't have the ability we have now to minister to people. But they made it through, and we're going to make it through. In uh, 1957, there was something called the Asian flu. In 1968, there was the Hong Kong flu. In 2009, there was the swine flu, and now what we're facing today. Friends, there were crisis and tough times in James' day. There have been crisis in the history of our nation. And in the midst of crisis, we want to turn our hearts towards the things and the truth that will see us through. God will not leave you. He never will leave you. God will not forsake you. He wraps his arms around you, your home, and your household right now, and we pray for his ministry in your life. James tells us that the secret is finding our lives in the presence of the Lord. In the last chapter of James, he writes this to us, to be patient, and that's good advice, to be patient, to establish our hearts or to strengthen our hearts because the coming of the Lord is at hand. He's talking about an anticipation, an expectancy of the physical presence of the Lord. And that's an important truth that has been part of the church from the first century right up until today. And I never want you to lose this truth. Jesus is coming back to the planet. These signs that we are seeing, this turmoil could be part of him shaking the world and getting ready to return. But it's always healthy for us to have an anticipation, an expectancy of the Lord's physical presence. Because an anticipation of the Lord's physical presence gives us a celebration of his spiritual presence. Knowing that the Lord keeps his promises, knowing that the Lord is at the door causes something to leap inside of us. And in these days, what we need is a celebration of the Lord's presence. It is the Lord's presence that will see us through. It's not looking to stocks and bonds. It's not looking to government and authorities, though we thank God for all of them. It is coming in regularly with an anticipation that the Lord is near. Here's what James says, the Lord is at hand. I want you to know right now where you are. The Lord's not far from you. You don't have to be in a building called a church or a cathedral. God is closer to you than the next breath that you're about to breathe. 
He is with you. The Lord is near. And if you will know his presence, it will change your world. And that's what James says. There should be an excitement, a pursuit, a prayer that God's presence would be alive not only in our individual lives, but in our communities, in our culture, in our society. Let's pray for a real turning of our hearts towards God. And it changes our lives. When we come into the Lord's presence, James tells us three things that when we're in the Lord's presence, three things that don't happen. And these are things we need to be careful about. Let's study through this passion. If you got your Bible, you can open it up to James chapter 5. You can pull out your phone. You can follow along. There are notes that are part of the message. You can click on those notes. You can see the scriptures that we are working with right now. But James tells us that when we are aware of the Lord's presence, we stop putting our trust in riches. We don't trust in the stuff that's falling apart. Here's what he says. Ancient wisdom, but it's alive today. He says, come now, you rich, weep and howl because the stock market has fallen apart. Well, that's not really what he says. But he's given the same truth. Weep and howl because you've put your trust in stuff. And it's going to end up in what he calls misery that's coming upon you. For your riches are rotten. Your garments in uh, the first century, they didn't have seasons of changing clothes like we do. They had got a good garment and they kept that garment. But they were keeping them so long that the moths had come in and they were eating away the riches. This is a time for us to say and to know in our hearts. It's okay to have money. It's okay to have riches. But our trust isn't in the stuff of this world. James is calling us to that truth. He's calling us to know our trust should be in the presence of the Lord. When we trust in the Lord, you know what? It, you had a 401k, and it's back down to where it was about three years ago, and that could give you an incredible panic. What's going to happen? I'm going to tell you, come into the presence of the Lord, and you'll know this deep in your soul. Your Father cares for you, and He's going to take care of you. Do you know what the problem with riches are? Riches can wreck relationships. And it was happening in this church. The rich were oppressing those who were not rich, and it was ruining relationships, and it had people all stirred up. And so James is saying, don't trust in riches. Come into the Lord's presence. I've seen families, good families, that loved each other completely get at each other's throat when the will is read. When one generation is passing something on to the next generation, and all of a sudden the family is at World War III because riches can wreck relationships. Do you know that the economy of the kingdom of God is relationship? God wants you to have a relationship with him. He'll provide things for you, but never get your eyes on things because they will pass away. See what James says? He says, your gold and your silver are corroded. Literally, they're rusting away. And that rust is going to be like an evidence that comes up against you. Now, what causes a metal to rust? Now, gold and silver, 
don't really corrode, but the alloy in them can. And they corrode when they are unused and pushed aside and stored for a long time. Literally, this is a verse against hoarding. And if there's a message that needs to be heard today, it's stop hoarding and start sharing. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6? He said, hey, don't trust and don't lay up for yourself treasures in this earth because rust, moths will eat it away. James is just saying the same thing he heard his older brother say. The things of this world will pass away. When we come into the presence of the Lord, when we're experiencing the presence of the Lord, we see material goods in the right way. You know what the presence of the Lord does? It makes you generous. Darla and I have practiced all of our lives together the power of tithing, the power of being generous. And in this time, when people could say, ooh, I've got to hold on, James is saying, this is the perfect time to start tithing. When there's a pestilence in the land, I'm not going to stop tithing. I'm going to say, no, no, my trust is in God. I don't want to just have it printed on my money. I want it to be in my heart. Don't trust in stuff. The second thing he says to us as we read through is don't use or abuse people. These wealthy employers were abusing their laborers. He says, behold, the wages of the laborers, the ones who are mowing your feeds, are kept back and you're keeping the funds by fraud. And they're crying out against you. And now the cries of the harvesters or the laborers, the employees, is coming up to reach, watch this phrase, the Lord of hosts. That's in verse 4. The Lord of hosts. What was happening was these people that were not spending their time in the presence of the Lord were now using and abusing. They were literally promising things to their employees and not taking care of them. I love today when I see the employers that are stepping up and taking care of their employees. That's a beautiful action. That's what we should be doing in this time of crisis. Because he says, the laborers are crying to the Lord of hosts. That phrase, Lord of hosts, comes from the Old Testament prophet. And it means the Lord of the armies, the, the Lord who is the leader of the armies of the Lord. And you don't want to have the armies of the Lord against you. What you should be doing is saying, no, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to see God the way he is. I'm going to experience his presence. And that love for God is going to flow out to love others. This is a time for us to, to call elderly people and say, how are you? Do you need anything? Can I help you? This is a time for us to reach out to that single mother and say, do you need help with your child care? Do you need something that we can do? It's a time for us to open up our eyes and just be kind to one another. The presence of God puts a kindness in our hearts. Someone shared some pictures today, and I love them. They were of someone that was out for a walk on the sidewalk and the walkway, and somebody had just taken a piece of chalk and just written words of encouragement. Words like, you are loved. You can do hard things. Remember to smile. Just encouraging words as people walked along the sidewalk. This is a time for us to be doing encouraging things. Not using and abusing people, but blessing people. 
The Spirit of God helps that to happen. And then the third thing he says, when you are, spend time in the presence of God, it gives you a perspective of life that says, uh, it's not just about today, it's about eternity. It's not just about today. He talks to these people and he's cha challenging them because they have been living away from the presence of the Lord. And he says, you're living on the earth. You're literally living for the earth. You're living in luxury and self-indulgence. Only thinking of today. You fatten your hearts in the day of slaughter. He says, you're literally like the animal that's getting fattened up. You don't know the end is coming. The day of when the, when the animal would be taken and eaten. He says, that's how you're living your life. You're just living your life for today. When you come into the presence of the Lord, God lifts your vision higher and you start to think about eternity. It's not just about today. People can get all upset looking at the news report of today. There are some times you need to turn the television off. Turn the internet off. Not right now, but turn the internet off and spend time in the presence of the Lord. Come into his presence and let him lift your vision from day-to-day -day operation to an eternal perspective. These people even executed Jesus. Or verse 6 says, you uh, condemned and murdered the righteous person. They, they took Jesus' life because they thought they could crush him in a day. He didn't resist them, but he certainly made a comeback. And he's saying, that's what happens when you spend your life looking at today. The songwriter wrote it like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I would love if you would have a love for the presence of the Lord. When we worship, it's about getting into the presence of the Lord. When we pray, it's about being in the presence of the Lord. When we open his word, it's about being in the presence of the Lord. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And that's what James was telling them. The things of this earth will grow dim as you spend time in his presence and you see life the way it really is. That's why we spend time in God's presence. So he says, hey, there's three things when you anticipate and are excited that the Lord is near. You're anticipating his physical presence. You're celebrating his spiritual presence. Here are the things you can avoid. And then he gives three simple things that we we can do things that we have. And let me just end up with these three things. Let me just tell you, when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord will give you patience. He just says, be patient. That's good advice for us. Don't get all stirred up. Because you see things in the presence of the Lord from a higher point of view. You see life through the Lord's eyes. And it brings a patience to your soul. Be patient, therefore, brothers, or be patient, therefore, family of God, until the coming of the Lord. As you anticipate Christ's physical coming, it's just like he's at the door, you're excited to see him, you celebrate his spiritual presence with you right now. All you have to do is say the name Jesus and his presence his power, and the power of that name is with you. And when that happens, you see things, not in day-to-day -day operation, but the way that God does. We can know 
that I don't have to fight with you today. I can be patient with you today. Why? Because I'm not just seeing you today. I'm living with you tomorrow. Why should I fight with people in church or the people that are in my community? I'm still living with them on the same street. To see things from a bigger perspective makes life more patient. It's not just about today. It's about tomorrow. It's about 30, 40. I'd like to live 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. I was going to say more years, but if I lived 70 more years, I'd be pretty old. But I want to live as long as I can. But I have to keep in mind that my life, as James has said, is like a vapor. It's like a mist. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And I have to walk in patience towards people, knowing that it's more than today. I love you today. Why? Because it's just like the farmer. He says, see how the farmer? He says, you want to be patient? Think about farming. The farmer puts something in the ground today, and it doesn't come right up tomorrow. He patiently waits. And whatever he puts into the ground, well, that's going to be his harvest. Therefore, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient. He said, we should be patient like the farmer's patient. And I can be patient because I want to plant love today so I can reap love tomorrow or next week or next month or in the season that God wants to bring it to me. I can wait patient. I have the full assurance that if I plant joy today, what's going to be my harvest? Joy. I don't want to plant anxiety. I don't want to plant grumbling words. I don't want to plant fear. Who wants to grow a field of fear? No, no. Patiently waiting on the goodness of the Lord. In his presence, I know I have this assurance. God, whatever I'm sowing, I'm going to reap. That's what's going to happen. You are going to see me through. And then the second thing he says what happens when we are in his presence is we are strengthened. Do you know that when you come into the presence of the Lord, you are made strong? I like what Peter says when he's preaching in Acts chapter 3 and verse 20. He says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Come on, say amen. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. You can be refreshed, strengthened in the presence of the Lord. He says also, be patient, again encouraging us. Don't be anxious. Don't get full of fear. Be patient. Establish your heart. Some versions translate it, strengthen your heart. The Greek word is sterizo. Can you hear it? Sterizo. That sort of sounds like steroids. The presence of the Lord is like a spiritual steroid with no bad side effects. The presence of the Lord will strengthen you. If you spend time in worship in his presence, in the word in his presence, in prayer in his presence, in meditation in his presence, you will come out of your prayer closet stronger than you went in. You will be strengthened. You won't be filled with fear, anxiety, complaint, or grumbling. In fact, he says, watch this, here's how you can tell if you've been waiting on the Lord, if you've been spending time in his presence, because when you see the Lord, it fills you with patience. It fills you with strength. But when you're not looking at the Lord, you end up, verse 9, grumbling against others, complaining. Why? Because you either put your focus in these days on the Lord, 
or you put your focus on the things of this earth. James is constantly calling our faith higher, living higher, looking higher. And it's in the presence of the Lord, that anticipation of the Lord's nearness, that he gives us strength, he gives us that power to move forward. God's going to judge between people anyway. So why should you get all upset about grumbling about people? Just put them in God's hands and say, God, I want to stop complaining about others and get back to what really matters. I want to be in your presence. Oh, I just, I just pray that in your, your living room that the presence of God would be so real that you would know his presence. His presence will strengthen your heart. And James says that in these crisis time, as his whole world, his city was about to fall apart, they were going to tear down the walls, destroy the government. He's speaking to them and he speaks to us in the crisis we're in. God will strengthen your heart if you spend time in his presence. The Lord is near. He's not far away from you. And then he says you will have endurance. He calls it steadfastness. You just won't give up. And I just really encourage you to, to not give up, to be steadfast. He says, I want to give you some examples of people who spent time in the presence of the Lord. Here's some examples of people that suffered, who went through tough times, but went through with patient endurance. He talks about the prophets. He doesn't name the prophets, but he says there were prophets who just didn't give up. I, I'm sure he was thinking at least one of the prophets would have been prophet Jeremiah, who had to endure so much and needed the Lord's presence to give him the endurance to get through. When I was young, I was a, a, a track runner and I was a long distance runner. And if you run long distance, you know you hit a wall where you're body just feels like giving up but the best thing to do at that moment is to press through the wall and you get what runners call your second wind well as you spend time in God's presence he will give you your second wind some of you need that some of you need it today a second wind some of you need a third wind some of you need a fourth, a fifth, whatever, which, whatever you need to see you through. The endurance you need is found in his presence and his presence comes as you are aware of it, as you celebrate it, and as you desire it. Not just talking about Jesus, not just looking at some service online, but actively wanting to experience the presence of God. And God wants to meet you even more than you want to meet God. And it strengthened, it certainly strengthened Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a tough, tough ministry, but he never gave up. He was called to prophesy and nobody listened to him. They literally plugged their ears. They wouldn't listen to him. Uh, they, they took out a, a, a death sentence for him. They went to the officials and said, hey, he, we don't like his ministry. We, we think you should execute him. They locked him up in stocks by the city gate put his feet in stocks and beat him, trying to get him to give up. Tough times at Jeremiah, this prophet that endured. One time they threw him down into a hole filled with mud and just hoped he would die there. He once wrote a, a letter 
a prophecy to the king, Jehoiakim. And when the king got the letter, which was painstakingly, not the way we write on a computer and quickly, painstakingly written out on a parchment, rolled up. When the king got the letter, the roll from Jeremiah, he took out a, a knife and started cutting it up into little wee pieces. He didn't even read it. Just read a few wor words and then threw it into the fire, threw it into the fire, threw it into the fire, threw it in, until all the work that Jeremiah did was just burnt up. In fact, in chapter 20, verse 9, you can see he gets to the place where he says, I don't know if I can go on anymore. I don't think I can open my mouth anymore for the Lord. People are not listening. People are against me. People are not receiving. But then God gave him his second win. You read it, Jeremiah 29. He says, I thought about giving up, but there was a fire in my bones. What happened? Jeremiah had connected with his God. If you need a second wind, you need to connect with your God, your creator that loves you more than you know he does and wants to fill your heart with his presence. The Lord is near, my friend. The Lord is near. His presence will make the difference, will strengthen you, will give you the endurance you need. Today, he'll give you that endurance. He says, I want you to think about the prophets and I want you to think about Job. Consider those who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job. Job lost his family and he lost his friends and he lost his wealth and he lost his health. But did he give up? No way. He endured. How could he do that? because he had a relationship with the Lord. The greatest thing that God wants is to have a relationship with you. The equity of the kingdom of God is relationship. Don't let riches take your eyes off that relationship. Don't let other people take your eyes off that relationship. Don't let organized religion, religion take your eyes off that relationship. God desperately wants to have a relationship with you. And it's that relationship that will see you through in tough times like we're in. Just like James was encouraging his friends. Hey, don't trust in what this world has to offer. It's going to pass away. Trust in the things that are eternal. Trust in the presence of God. I pray that you would experience God's presence. Even now, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will fill your heart with his presence. As you worship, as you listen to worship music in your home, just don't listen to the worship music experience the presence of God. As you pray, you ask God for strength. As you pray, experience the presence of God. James says it, the Lord is near. His coming is at hand. I'm promising you, if you will call on the name of the Lord, the presence of the Lord will fill your home, your hospital room, your hotel room, wherever you're watching from. He'll fill you to overflowing. I pray that you will make room for the Lord in your life. Maybe you haven't done that. Maybe you have never opened your heart to the Lord's presence through the person of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to earn his presence. He wants to be, your, he wants to be in your life. 
Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Jesus stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he just waits for you to open the door. That's how close he is. He's at the door. And if you will open the door of your life, he will come in. What does that mean? His presence will fill your soul. His presence is with us right now. There's an anointing of Jesus in this place. There's an anointing of Jesus in your place. The power and the presence of God is there. And I want to lead in a prayer that you can say yes to God through Jesus Christ. Maybe your relationship with Jesus has grown distance or it's cold. Well, this is the moment for you to become new in Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer. And let me tell you this. And those who are communicating with people who are watching online on the Facebook page or on churchofhope.com. I want you to give this instruction to people that if you're saying yes to God for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, we just want you to text the word yes. Just get your phone out when you're done, when we're done here. Remember the word yes and you want to maybe write this number down. It's our text number. They'll put it on the communication. 941 260 1321. Just text the, I'm saying yes to God. I'm saying yes to Jesus. 941-260-1321. And we'll just send you some material that will be helpful. We'll send you a, few, a free ebook just to help you. We want to minister to you any way we can. That's why we're here. And I want to pray for you. And I'd love you to pray with me. Can you just join me right now and just open your heart? in a fresh way. All you have to do is quietly say these words or even in your heart speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm coming to you in Jesus' name. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm leaving them behind. And I'm receiving your forgiveness and your love and your mercy. I want to follow Jesus as my Savior and my Lord all the days of my life. Thank you, God, for loving me. I'm saying yes to you today. And then, Lord, I just pray for my friend who's watching, I pray for each person, especially those who are hurting, those filled with anxiety. Lord, you know the person that's watching right now that hurts more than anyone else, and I pray especially for that person. That the grace of God and the love of God will see them through. I pray the Lord will meet you right where you are, and we wanna bless you, we wanna help you, and we pray for you in the strong name of Jesus. And in the strong name of Jesus, we bless you. And in Jesus' name, you are very, very blessed. There's a blessing that's found in the Bible. We often pray it over our church family. And I want to pray it over you right now that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and with all peace. As you trust in God, stop trusting in yourself, trust in God. And you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. Please keep in touch with us in the days to come. Please tell your friends about our outreach online. We want to reach as many people as we can. Maybe some surprising people in this season. I want to thank the team that's helping me put this together. We bless you guys and thank God for you. And we want to thank God just for this opportunity to spend time together. And Jesus is the Lord of all, even in these days. Amen and amen. God bless you.